0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm your host, A. Lou. You get another episode of the Mission Statement Podcast. Today, I got a guest. I've known him for multiple years. He has been a fixture in my life for a long time. Mr. Chris Jackson, how you doing?
1: Good, bruh, how you doing?
0: Hey, not too bad, not too bad. Trying to stay COVID free, how about yourself? That same thing, same here. Good. Rona free, baby. <laughs> Rona free, yeah. Rona. So, <laughs> For sure. I you know, I just want to uh, just chop it up with you, um, just get a better understanding of what's going on um, with the uh, current state of uh, West Virginia State and being in the HBCU and how you guys have been affected um, mm-hmm. by the coronavirus and some of the funding. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, just get an understanding of what's going on with you as well. So, you know, just to, uh, just so the, the viewers can get an understanding uh, of who you are, uh could you go ahead and expand? So, uh, like you said, bruh,
1: um, program coordinator of st- uh, student activities at West Virginia State. Um, so, so you ain't just cut talk about where, where from why I, I chose state, all that yeah. good stuff? Why, why you sure, okay. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, I'm from, uh, you know, Institute Dunbar area in West Virginia, which is where, west virginia state is located my mother went to state um my grandmother actually went to morgan state but she moved here uh married my grandfather and began to work at west virginia state um i've had countless other cousins friends and other family members aunts uncles that also went to west virginia state so i say all that to say that west virginia state was not my first choice (laughs) you know what i'm saying i wasn't I, was, you know, I grew up on that campus, so I didn't want to go there. Virginia State actually was my first choice. Really? But yeah, Virginia was my first choice. Okay. Um, but like mom's told me, when I told her I wanted to go to V State, she was like, that's cool. But you ain't got V State grades. And I ain't got V State money. <laughs> so you going to West Virginia State, All how right. about that? You All know? Right. So, so that's how I ended up in State. Um, and I have to admit that that was the best decision you know, that I, that, that, that my mom make me, made me make, um, you know, West Virginia State is a, a gold mine, um, a hidden jewel, if you will, in West Virginia. Absolutely. Um, you know, it is an HBCU, uh, but it's one of those institutions that it is what you make it, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, while I was at West Virginia State, uh, I wasn't the best academic student. Mm-hmm. I'm the 2 five, 3.0-ish type of uh, person. And I remember Dr. Byers, um, whom you know, mentor of mine, father figure, um, and is a an, uh, renowned administrator and recognized individual, West Virginia State alum.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: he told me, he said, uh, you need to get more involved, more engaged socially on campus to make, it's kind of like offset your mediocre grades right okay he said you know if you stand out socially you know that goes a long way mm-hmm. so i did i got involved i got involved in the ambassadors club leadership club um you know joined the, the most amazing fraternity in the world in the world mega sci-fi fraternity I, I i um i was I, <laughs> I was mr state i was sga vice president uh, upper bound to the counselor but i just did everything that i could Um, to engulf myself in the college um, culture. And, you know, I had a true HBCU experience. I mean, you know, you you went to West Virginia State as well, so you know the vibe. Um, You know, I have no regrets for attending that institution, bro. Great. Um, I always wanted to be an actor. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So uh, being a higher education professional was not my goal. Okay. Um, this is honestly something that I you, know, I, you know, God led me to doing. I mean, honestly. And um, again, I have no regrets good,
0: for it. Good. Good. You <clears> get <throat> a lot of people who, you know, can't say that, you know, they, they say that they don't have any regrets for making certain decisions, even when it wasn't your first sure. decision. Um, but it ultimately sure. turned out to be the best decision for you. But how, how did you find your passion there? How did you find the passion to work with students there and to further that
1: sure so um upon graduating um i had a goal of doing one thing finding a job okay you know what i'm saying so you know i had an apartment right off campus like literally right across the street from campus mm-hmm. um i graduated I had no job still got rent to pay you know i had campus jobs during school you know that's over now i graduated so now i gotta find a job job right um i was walking across campus one day um the director of residence life uh came out and said jackson i heard you are looking for a job i said you bet i am buddy uh papa jones right uh you're a pop yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so he told me to come see me the next morning i did Lo and behold, became the resident director of Gore Hall, right? Um, So during my tenure as a resident director, uh, it was just a... It was a humbling and gratifying and stressful and irritating job. It was everything, right? Mm -hmm. So I am, freshly graduated, and I'm over... You know 200 some you know students all male resident hall mm-hmm. um so i'm learning about how to be a young professional right, right. and it's and it's all trial and error mm-hmm. you know you, you 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 was on campus you know how gore was you yeah. know so yeah. the semester prior i'm in gore messing up doing things i, ha- I ain't supposed to do now i'm over it you right. know trying to keep those same things from happening yeah. and trying to be able to divide from Chris the, the the wild dude and Chris the professional, trying to trying to in a clear divide, and still respect the students. Correct. You know what I'm saying?
0: Correct. Correct. So I had
1: to learn that balance, and um, I learned how to respect others and to receive respect
0: back Mm -hmm.
1: you know and that was that's difficult to do at 21 22 years old right you know what i'm
0: saying It's real hard it was
1: was, at least it was difficult for me
0: absolutely um
1: and then on the other side you know you and i both have been blessed with parents and in in a a childhood that you know if anything we've always had a meal clothes on the back and a roof over our head right correct not saying our families are perfect but we had the very essentials at all times absolutely. right
0: absolutely
1: here i am 21 22 years old and i'm realizing everybody wouldn't like that you know there was there were resident in my in my uh, residents in my building that you know parents are locked up or on drugs and you know they really didn't have nowhere to go when school was out right you know so i being sensitive to others' needs. You know what I'm saying? Um, I can't tell you how many times I've took I've taken students to Walmart and bought their first shirt and tie because mm-hmm. they had an interview. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And things of that nature. So, you know, i built relationships, you know, personal relationships with some of these people. You know, I, it was gratifying to know that in some way I was directly responsible for their success, for their okay. graduating, their okay. um you know, from them to achieving their their future goal. You know, it was gratifying to know that I played a part in that role. And to this day, bro, some of those students that I was the regular core, some of those students still call me to this day and check on. Man, that's,
0: um, good. that's good.
1: So I gained a passion for working with um, students, but in in particular, young mm-hmm. adults. You know, okay. what I'm saying college age individuals. Yeah. You know, um, at that age, you can teach. A student, teach a person um, because of your experiences. Right. I'm able to speak, you know, true to these students now because I've been to where, I'm I've been there before,
0: right? You know what I'm
1: saying? So you know, I just found a passion in 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 doing that. You know, and okay. developing the young minds uh, of today.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I didn't know that you know you had that. or that you did that, and that's how you came up. So my question to you is, how did you become, how how did you become successful at being a young leader? Because that's what you were. You were a leader at 21.
1: I I appreciate that, bro. You know, that's a tricky question, because, you know, some some may view me as a leader, but please know that along that way, bro, I was messing up too. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I can't tell you how many times as the resident director, I got called into Joey Odin's office. You know, Brother Oden, you know, he's the assistant vice president of student affairs at West Virginia State. How many times I got called to his office for me doing something I ain't had no business
0: doing. Okay. Um,
1: but to your point, though, um, I was able to be a successful leader mm-hmm. because I surrounded myself with those type of individuals. Okay. Right. So, you know, in, in, in the fret, right, mm-hmm. you have surrounded ourselves by like minded type of individuals. Absolutely. Right? Now, we all have different goals. We all have mm-hmm. different goals, but we all have, you know, similar goals as to being educated, mm-hmm. and to carrying ourselves as men and, and to be leaders. You know, we surround ourselves with, with people like that. That helps. And then we have, you know, Actual leaders, older men mm-hmm. that are willing to teach us. Correct. You know what I'm saying? So we, you know, I had people like, uh, you know, Doctor Epps, Bobby Robinson, Joey and Doctor Byers. You know, I had these these type of individuals that are that were willing to see me mess up, mm-hmm. but correct me instead of throwing me away. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, in my matriculation to leadership, bro, I learned through my mistakes. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, that's, that's and that's key. It's key. They saw something in me that I didn't necessarily see. Right. Okay. Like I said, I, I didn't I wasn't striving to be you no know, higher ed professional. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, but clearly they saw something that I wasn't at that time recognizing. Okay. So the fact that I had surrounded myself by a great group, group friend a mm-hmm. great a group of great friends, I also had mentors okay. that were willing to um, you know,
0: help you out and lead you in the right direction. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean that's great because you know we as black men don't have very that many mentors you know we don't know how to search for them or we don't know how to attain them so I want you to expound on the the importance of conversation uh the importance of having the conversation with somebody to build that rapport with them and how it has led how it has helped you um you know maneuver in today's business in today's school
1: sure so you know in any in any facet of life mm-hmm. communication is key right so like with my relationship you know i'm married now right right in my progression to being a better man right right i learn. i learned How important it was to be able to effectively communicate with my partner. Okay. Right. Okay. So you know we me we as men typically aren't verbal. Correct. You know we don't we don't really just open the chest up, expose the heart, and then just let it all out. We don't do that. Correct. You know. Um. But I've learned that if you want to be in a successful relationship, Mm -hmm. you have to be able to communicate. Absolutely, right? and I think that goes for anything, not just a relationship that goes for, you know, professionally, um, okay. whatever, personally, socially, you have to be able to effectively communicate. Okay. Um, and I think that it's something that, you know, we're losing, you know, we're more fingers. Yeah.
0: Through. Yes. We don't
1: like to. We don't like to talk. You I know, mean, I tell people all the time, don't send me 14 pages of text message where you can call me and spend 30 seconds saying that same thing. I don't do that. You know, call me. Correct. Let's work text them. And then all the time, you know, I'd be having mis you know, uh, misspelled words and all that, I be looking yeah. all uneducated through my text. I ain't got time. You know. <laughs> bit, so a I'm a person, you know, I'm a am uh, an extrovert. I like to talk. Correct. You know, I like to I need to see you. I need,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I need to be able to communicate with you. Correct. Um, um so and and, that, and again that goes for any aspect of life. Uh, So when it comes to my matriculation into professionalism, it was just a matter of me being able to articulate, you know, what I was thinking or feeling or experiencing to people that could relate, you know. So if I had a question about Something that happened professionally at work. I would I would call Dr. Byers. I would call Joey Oden. I would call Bryce Castro, and see what they thought. You know, get their opinions on things, and 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 take those opinions and, and information and apply it to life. You know okay. what I'm saying? Um, so I mean, that's that. That's the best way that I can answer that question. Okay. You know, we have to, to be successful. You have to be able to effectively communicate.
0: Okay. So. With this, with the current state we're in, with the coronavirus, that will hinder some of our communication with others. Um, Mm -hmm. So how is that, how has that hindered your communication or the school's communication with the students or with the staff?
1: Some of COVID, how has that affected it? Correct. Yeah, that's a great question, bro. And I know that's a, that's a, um, question a lot of people want to know the answer to, so quite frankly, that's the answer a lot of schools want to know the answer to, Right. and I want people to also always remember that, you know, school successes or failures during this pandemic, you know, you got to be careful about really pointing the finger, you know, because there's no blueprint to, to how to maneuver through this pandemic, you know right. what I'm saying? This is the first time this has happened to us in a lifetime, right? so it's not like there are procedures and policies put in place as to how to how to maneuver through a global pandemic mm-hmm. so every institution every business everybody is doing i would say the best they can and it doesn't i'm sure that doesn't prove uh, uh, you know feel to everybody but
0: right
1: they're doing the best they can with what they have mm-hmm. All right so let me let me preface with that um For us at West Virginia State, um, we opened our doors on this past Monday. And I think we were, we may be the only school in the state of West Virginia that did that. Um, We have been planning for reopening uh, since April, April, April May-ish of, um, you know, this past spring. Correct. Um, And, you know, it, you're not going to get it all right. Mm-hmm. You just can, you just can do the best you can with what you have. I know the federal government has provided funds. I think it's called CARES Act funds and some other funds. I think HBCUs have gotten some other federal funds because of their HBCU designation. Um, so, you know, the extra funds have helped with. Um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Hold on, bro. My, my, my mind has slipped. Uh, it's all good. Anyway, it's, it's okay. helped with, like, it's, it, it helped with, uh, you know, like, uh, IT and, and buying resources and things that okay. schools um, may have lost out on because of COVID and, and how it affected their budgets and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Okay. I think people have, schools have managed to um, adapt you know a lot of places that didn't have online classes now have online classes Mm -hmm. Zoom and Microsoft Meet and Google Meet all those things Um, those have become uh, household names and vital resources for just about every institution at this point you know what I'm saying so it 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 has affected us all in a means of convenience I think you know we're not able to just necessarily um, walk up to somebody or have a meeting or, or you mm-hmm. know things of that nature. It has affected the convenience of communication, but uh, in terms of you know directly being able to communicate with somebody or some people
0: and holding meetings and things, of that nature, mm-hmm.
1: we're still so, able to do that.
0: It's just not as convenient as it has. been. Okay, because I'm the same way. Like I sending an email and a text it's okay but if i'm able to have a conversation with you and i can we can we can i can read you and read what you're saying and how it's coming about instead of just reading some words i you know that can trigger me in a different way than having a conversation you know sure. there's different ways of saying things and there's one way of reading <laughs> there's only one you're way exactly of reading right. and there's different ways to say exactly
1: things. right you're so, exactly right that's yeah. why that's why i go ahead I, I've never done good on online classes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I've never, I've always been the person, I gotta be in seat. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Understandable. Um, yeah, because I, I need that interaction. I need that personal mm-hmm. interaction between me, my classmates, and the professor. Um, you know, it's, you can do it on Zoom, mm-hmm. but it ain't, it still ain't the same. I'd rather be there. Absolutely. You know, so again, those are the type of the things that things like that again just the convenience of things. Mm -hmm. i think that's how covid really has affected um you know institutions and then you know talk about enrollment and Mm -hmm. uh, and all all those other type of aspects attention all those things sure covid has affected there are some institutions that won't be able to recover from this
0: absolutely you know it's
1: a matter of fact um and that's very unfortunate um Hopefully that, that you know, hopefully West Virginia State will be able to uh, weather this storm and, um, you know, come out bright on uh, the end. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. So I know that we... There... Go ahead. Go ahead. So, Go
0: ahead. Are there any types of uh, rules and regulations that are uh, put in place to help protect the students that are there?
1: Sure. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm over student activities, right? So the 95% of what we do now on campus is virtual. Okay. Um, and I have to commend the companies that you know we we, we used to contract for doing events like um, you know game shows on campus, and mm-hmm. um, you know a lot of things that be had on campus. they're now doing virtually. so you know, companies have adapted into in to to the needs of colleges. Um, um, you know, you see social distancing signs and stickers on the ground all over the place, masks, um you know. Plexiglass in front of desks, so that you know, so there's no you know uh, interaction between a customer and right. a secretary or what have you. Um, you know, so the campus looks different. You have to get checked in every morning at, at a building, so you can take the temperature, answer a few questions, get a little sticker, and then so so you can go on campus. You know, like it, it, it's 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 a it's different.
0: Okay, um,
1: but you know that's the times we're in now.
0: You know. Yes absolutely so yeah. those who get on you know who, who catch the bus and have to ride down they can they can stay on campus but they can't go into the buildings without being checked. correct right okay okay, got you got you got you that that's that's good. I mean that's good because at this current time you know like you said there's no there's no rule book we're, we're in a current situation where we haven't seen this for what over a four or five hundred years or so. Um, so th- being in a pandemic now in this day and age, um it's there's no right or wrong you know you just going only go by certain guidelines and just hope hope for the best i um, mean and that's yeah. why I, I, that's how it is actually happening you know it's crazy but that's where we're at right now um so you did you did touch on a little bit of enrollment um with the pandemic how has that affected west virginia state negative or positive
1: um Honestly, right now, we are about even from where we are last year, which okay. is a blessing. Yeah. We, um, I believe my uh, vice president of enrollment management had predicted we could possibly be down 20 to 30 mm-hmm. percent. Um, after checking today and we're like 30 days out from officially having to report our numbers, we were only down 2.7 percent. Uh-huh. Um, That's a blessing. Right. So, right. So... Um, yeah, we, we, we were not hit as hard as we had predicted. Okay. Uh, so, you know, from what I've heard, what I've seen today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So, we have been fortunate.
0: Okay.
1: A uh, school I know cannot say the same. Okay. You know, uh, I think what, what we looked out at is students that would typically go to the larger institutions mm-hmm. in the state mm-hmm. decided to stay home and just go to... Uh, a local school instead yeah. of, tra- you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so I think yeah. that I think that was our saving grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just my opinion. I haven't looked at the demographics of our enrollment, mm-hmm.
0: um, but I, I'm thinking that that's. I think
1: that that's what
0: it was. And that's important. I mean, you can go out. You can go out and give out and give your money out of town, and that's not a problem. Or be homegrown, um, and that's right. you know, being homegrown is always good. You want to give back to your community. Exactly. Uh, touch on that how being home how students staying home is going to benefit them as well as the surrounding institutes institutions.
1: Yeah well you know I I think that it's always a benefit to be able to give back to where you came excuse me to where you came from right I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with going you know somewhere else because I think in leaving your building a different type of skill set You get a different type of experience mm-hmm. um, and You're building yourself as a, as, a, as a more holistic Well-rounded person um, You know, some people View staying home as being Complacent or safe mm-hmm. And that's not always the case either um, So, you know, I think it's just a matter, of your pre- a matter of your Preference However, whenever You Begin to succeed Or however you want to word that Mm -hmm. I think it's very important that you give back to where you came from. Absolutely. So, you know, I went to State. I work at State. I give back every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not just talking about, um, you know, my work. I'm talking about my time, my efforts, my passion. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I go above and beyond all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, at State. And that's just because, you know, I love the institution. I love love what it stands for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love the people that it serves. and, And I love the endless possibilities that they possess in coming to the institution, right? Right. So I want to be able to foster, um, you know, their dreams, assist with their dreams and their aspirations, you Hmm. never know. I mean, the next president could be on campus.
0: Correct, correct, correct. And it's always good to give back, you know, like you said, it's, I think you get more fulfillment when you sit there and say, you know, I went to the school down the street, and you know, I'm sitting beside somebody that went to Duke or Clemson mm-hmm. or one of the bigger schools, and I'm on right. same or if I'm not better than them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all mm-hmm. about how you apply yourself. Um, if you you're go exactly right. anywhere and flunk out, you know, you you're exactly right. You no, know, and it, and just because, just because the school name is on my resume does not discredit me for my my work ethic. And I think that you know, a lot of people don't understand that aspect because whenever, you know, they're so caught on the name. I'm at Cornell. I'm at I'm at uh, Harvard. Now, granted, those are some great business schools, and they can probably have the best resources possible. I-, I can almost guarantee it. But if you are able to apply yourself at, what you go to West Virginia State, and you are able to apply yourself, and you take advantage of everything that's in front of you, you cannot tell me that you're not on the same level or if not better than that person, you know, yeah. and how much do you want it? Um, exactly right. You know, you being in higher education, um, of course, schooling is big. You're currently working mm-hmm. on your doctorate, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what What made you want to get your doctorate?
1: Um, That's a good question, too. So, you know, I... I again wasn't the best student academically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I'm the oldest of four siblings. Um, my brother Tim, three eight, type of student. My sister Kelly didn't make her first B until she got to her second year of college.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Eric, three five, three plus, type student too. Me, two uh, five ish. Maybe. Right, right. You know what I mean, so right. I, I've never been the academic astute mm-hmm. one. I went and got my master's in '05. I graduated and got my master's um, in adult and technical education in 2005. And I'm being honest with you. The only reason I wait, why I even went and got a master's, is because I was bored as the RD. You know, as an RD, I had a lot of free time. Right, right. right. So I was like, man, I might as well go to school. I mean, I ain't mm-hmm. doing nothing else. That's why, that's why I went and got my master's. Mm-hmm. A doctor, it's a different story. Um, after I got my master's, I, I was determined never to go back to school again, right? But I found myself staying in higher education. It wasn't my plan. Um, I tried to get out of higher ed probably four or five times. It just never worked out. Okay. Um, okay. So in 2015 14,
0: 15
1: Mm -hmm. I started to uh, my pursuit for a doctor one, I wanted to challenge myself, it was a personal challenge,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, again I told you it wasn't an academically astute type of individual Um, so I wanted to challenge myself and two, I realized that Higher aid is where I'm going to be, professionally. This is this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm going to do. Unless God just picks me up, turns me around, puts me in a different direction, mm-hmm. uh, this is where I'm going to be. And I know that as a Black man in this field, I need that terminal degree in order to progress, right? Absolutely. So it's just a true story. So I'm taking the MAT, the Miller Analogy Test, okay. the entry test. Okay. You know, i could take the gre or the mat the gre was a couple hundred dollars and it was like four hours long versus the mat was a hundred hours and it was an hour long right okay. so i took the mat bro was one of the hardest tests I ever took in my life bro. i took that test six times mm. you know what i mean mm. I took that test six times bro and i was on the cusp of pad of getting the needed grade each time so I forget the score needed, but let's say I needed a score of 100. Right. I was getting, right. like, 98, 95, 96. Like, I was right there every single time. Yeah. So, so much so that I called Marshall. i to go to Marshall University. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to, I called Marshall, the office, and I was like, do y'all, you know, accept on a probationary status? they like, nah, you are getting great. So, I was like, all right. Whatever. So, after the sixth time, I'm, I'm heated, bro. Mm-hmm. I go to my mom's office, I'm like, I'm so sick of this. I can't do it. Nah, 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 nah. And she was like, boy, shut up. She, you, know, you know, when this when it's gonna happen, it'll happen. Like stop. You know, what God has for you, nothing can take from you. Just chill out, take a break, relax. you It'll happen, right? That was like 2014, 2015. 20 What's this? 2020. So 2017? 2017, uh-huh. uh-huh. 2017, 2016. Uh, I'm at work, I get a call on my phone, some lady named Kelly on the phone from Marshall's like, um, am going through your file and I don't know what, happened. you have the grades, you have the score if you're still interested in getting into the school. Mm-hmm. i was like, what? She's, you know, so long story short, she didn't, I don't know what happened, Right. but All I right. actually qualified. I ain't questioning God, bruh, but it,
0: I got the score. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, um, reapplied, mm-hmm. interviewed, mm-hmm. got in the program.
0: Wow. And
1: wow. academically is, you know, one of the most challenging things I've ever had to do. Okay. Um, writing this dissertation has proven to be the most difficult thing academically mm-hmm. that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. It is a slow grind. At least it has been for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it is obtainable and, you know, I plan to graduate sometime this semester unless something goes terribly wrong. Okay. Um, okay. I hope to be done, you know, this semester. So, yeah, bro, I just, you know, again, it was a personal goal and it was a goal that I know that I needed to obtain
0: in order to matriculate and Okay. My field, progress my So, field. just, oh. you, know, you know, listening to your story, it's, it's very interesting because there is a reoccurring theme it's perseverance, family, mm-hmm. and God. Because mm-hmm. you persevere throughout your life whenever there's ups and downs, whenever there's mm-hmm. uh, roadblocks, or in your case, with, with, with your test, you've taken it six mm-hmm. times and m- miraculously, they say, well, you've got the grade. Um, could, mm-hmm. you, could you expound on the importance of persevering through your storms and your shortcomings
1: well you know I, honestly that's kind of how me and my siblings were raised you know okay. anything that we started my mom would never let us quit so mm-hmm. um you know i go off for football right, you can play but you, you don't don't think you're gonna quit All right you know um so there's nothing that i've ever done that i that i quit mm-hmm. you know so persevering was something that was instilled in me and my siblings at a very early age um and then you know me and my personality bro I'm just kind of the determined type of person also right
0: um
1: you know if you want me to do something tell me that I can't
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know what I'm saying I mean that's just that's just you know that's just that's just me bro um mm-hmm. and you know quitting you know we you know we we, we went through the membership intake process i think right. that's what they call it now right um and, and during that process right we were taught
0: to persons
1: so no, you're not quitting that
0: Correct. correct
1: and what is the easiest thing to do in life
0: absolutely, absolutely. there's
1: nothing easier to do in this in this world mm-hmm. than to quit there's nothing easier to do um and there's nothing worth having if it comes to you easy you know so they say it's too good to be true 99.9 percent of the time Absolutely. you know so you know for me also bro knowing that i failed and have the opportunity to try again but i just know that there's something better on the other end of that fence Absolutely. if i can keep trying to do it if i can keep trying to do it keep trying eventually you'll do it mm-hmm. You, know, you you punch a you punch a, a wooden log long enough, you'll punch through that thing. Yes. You know, and it it it'll, it'll hurt. Eventually, it's going it's going to hurt. Yep. But if you keep punching it, in that same spot, harder, harder, harder. harder eventually, you'll break through. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's what any that's mm. what anything. You know. So, they've uh, you know, and, and that's great because I want to say that you know, whenever there is any type of uh, resistance. Or in your situation, like you stated, and I, I'll, I'll go back to punching the, the, the brick or the wood, right? I was just having a conversation, the same conversation with a friend earlier today. Um, when somebody tells you, or you know, the, the definition of insanity is doing something over and over again and not getting anywhere, right? But there's another side to that. I, okay, all right. If I can't get if I can't get through this, how how can I get through it? What do I need to do to get through it? What other option mm-hmm. is there? because there's a way I'm going to go through this wall or go around the wall. I'm going to get through this situation, this roadblock whatever the case may be. And I was having that exact same conversation and that is just so so refreshing to hear it again. And I you know we you and I didn't even talk about it because we have the same like ideals in that aspect of being able to be determined enough to stay to say, all right, this didn't work this time, but this will work this time. I'm going to approach it differently. Exactly. I'm going to look at it. Exactly. You know, I'm going to I'm going to maybe I'll study harder or maybe I'll Maybe I'll run that extra mile. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to work one way or another. Um, and I've been raised the same way. And it's, it's, it's refreshing to hear that. You know, it's very refreshing. What you was about to say? So the
1: most successful people in this world have failed more than they have succeeded.
0: Absolutely. You
1: know what I'm saying? Take, you know, like you, I've never heard this story before. Formula 409. It's called 409 because that's how many times that's has how many mistakes he's made before he got the patent down right. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? He, he failed 408 times. 408 times before he got it right. Bro, you know how many mis- You know how frustrating you had to be to keep doing something 408 different ways? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like to your point, you know, insanity doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. But that same thing over and over again, it's not the same thing over and over. Like you said, you may try to go through the wall, next time you might try to go over or under or around it. Mm -hmm. You know, you try different approaches. I mean, that's the importance of making mistakes. You learn what not to do that way. So I'm going to try it a different way. The the thing is, make sure that you still have the same goal in mind. Okay, I still want to do this, but I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to go about it a different way. Mm -hmm. This time, it ain't work out that way. Mm -hmm. Try it differently. So, you know, that's, you have to find the value and the lessons in your mistakes. Absolutely. It's a silver lining in all things, brother.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, before we get up out here, I do have a couple more questions for you. Um, you know, there was a uh, there there was a reoccurring thing that's starting to happen now, where you're getting top talent starting to go to HBCUs because of the current climate that we're in uh, with certain race issues that are going on. Uh, sure. Do you think that this will become a new norm? for top talent to start to go to HBCUs and actually give back to, uh, you know, to the HBCUs and give back to, the, to us?
1: Yeah, I hope so, bro. Uh, you know, HBCUs have always been the unsung heroes in uh, collegiate success, right? Um, HBCUs were founded to educate African-Americans when, you know, no one else would give them a chance, right? So, most HBCUs have the mission of educating what people like to call a lot of times a low hanging fruit Mm -hmm. or the less fortunate, you know, Mm -hmm. the people that can't go to Ivy League schools or, Mm -hmm. you know, a D1 PWI or or what have you. Um, So, it, it is refreshing to see people go to institutions that have always been. For the people, you know, HBCUs are probably the most diverse institutions, you know, Absolutely. on this country. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, people have the misconception that HBCs are all black. Correct. And a lot of them are not anymore. I mean, H- uh, West Virginia State is like 75, 80 percent white. Yes. Um Kentucky State, I think it's the same way. Yes. Um Bluefield State, which is about an hour and a half from here, is the whitest HBCU in the nation. Um at this point. Um Johnson C. Smith, all these schools, they're not all black. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There are a lot of um other nationalities that attend these institutions. So um you know it is refreshing to know that people are starting to seriously uh, consider uh, black schools Mm -hmm. uh, as a school of choice Mm -hmm. it it is refreshing and i hope they do continue to give back i think i saw where uh jeff bezos's wife gave you know in total you know hundreds of millions of dollars Mm -hmm. to hbcus yes um the only thing about that is and when i say this i'm not I don't want it. I'm not hating. So, right. you know, when you she gave to Howard and to Spelman and some of these other schools. <laughs> you know, a lot of donors give to the most well-recognized
0: Correct.
1: HBC. Correct. You know what I'm saying? You know, Howard is always top of the list. Mm-hmm. Hampton, always top of the mm-hmm. list. You know, Morehouse, these schools are always top yeah. of the list.
0: Um, just, you know, in schools like... It. Just expounding that. Piece. Right. Uh, uh, Robert F. Smith. He's a real estate investor. He's one of the. He's like a billionaire, and he donated like thirty-four million, I think, to Morehouse to get them out of debt. If I'm not mistaken, it was Morehouse to get them out of debt, and now they're dead. Okay. okay. Um, but right. Go ahead. And what you were saying? Just I just wanted to. No,
1: you know, and and I know a lot of these schools have these type of prestigious alumni
0: that alums that can give
1: those type of millions. But then when you have again like these random celebrities, millionaire billionaires that give back, you know, a lot of the smaller HBCUs are never recognized in those financial contributions that those philanthropic efforts from others, they don't necessarily trickle down to the less known Mm -hmm. you know, black schools and those schools really, 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 really need the funds. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it it is disappointing to see that type of money being spread around and it never really trickles down to, you know, those type of institutions like West Virginia State University Mm -hmm. that could really benefit um, from that money. And, you know, I I know Howard has something like a 20, maybe a 20000 or less, I don't forget I forget what their enrollment is. I don't know if they have a, a large enrollment, which means mm-hmm. states like three thousand, mm-hmm. uh 3, to four thousand. So we're a smaller school, but that's still three to four thousand lives um, that could be positively affected by you know those robust philanthropic um, efforts mm-hmm. from from from, from the people.
0: Okay. So how do you get people to, or, or or those those who have the money, how do you get them to give back? Um, you know, just to, because some of them, some people aren't even, haven't even attended the school. They just get back to that school. So how do you get right, right, right. Of some of the major donors to give back to, to a, a smaller institution? Uh,
1: you know, I, I don't, that's a good question. I, you know, we have um, individuals on campus that do the fundraising. You know, mm-hmm. they, they take care of that aspect of it. Um, I've never had an experience with a with fundraising. I've never okay. been a part of a fundraising campaign. Um, so I don't really know what it takes to go out and to secure a donor and to mm-hmm. get this and to get that. And, you know, I, I don't know what it takes to do that. You know, um, never been a salesperson really. Right. So I don't know if I'll be the right person to even do that type of stuff. But yeah, there are people on our campus um, that actually go out, seek out donors and um, uh, retrieve those type of funds. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not familiar
0: with that process. Okay. Though. Okay, understandable, understandable. Um, just one more question here, you know. Just uh, some new news. Miss um, Harris, uh, Cam- Kamala. Kamala, there you go. I can't, I can never say her name right. Kamala Harris. Thank hey, you. So she, Kama. Kama- la. la, That's it, bro. <laughs> That's, it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Is it? Is it? So. That's it, bro. Hey, so it, I mean, it's a first off. I want to tell her if she if this even reaches her. Hey, congratulations! How do you feel uh, about her being nominated to be or being appointed as uh, Biden's running mate? how How important is that for the black woman? And oh, that's a
1: yeah, um, you know, it's uh, it's big it's big on so many different levels, right? So we're in the middle of, uh, you know, this whole reckoning in America about racial injustice. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter movement is, is front page now. Um, racism has been exposed, um, and here we just had a white man tell the world that he trusts this black woman to lead the country if something was to happen to him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? I think that's major Absolutely. in so many different ways, bro. You know, kind of like when Barack Obama became president. Mm-hmm. You know, when he when he won, it was literally the impossible happened. I never would have thought that a Black man would be elected in America because I didn't think that many people in this country cared about Black people enough to elect one of us to lead them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that tells me that the media plays a key part in the misinformation that we obtain. There are, in my opinion, right, Mm -hmm. there are... More supportive white people than what the news leads us to believe.
0: Okay, right? I agree with that. And we have to
1: look at history. Civil rights would never been would not have been select, uh, 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 effective if it was not for white people. That was not just black folks. White right. people marched with us, bro. White people helped us, you know, obtain those votes needed to, to 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 for us to obtain our civil rights. They were they were hand in hand with us too. Um, it was the same with Barack Obama. We would not have won. Barack would not have won if it wasn't for white folks. So let's just keep it 100.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: rap music, the biggest uh, ethnic group that purchases rap music, white people. Yep. I don't know if you knew that or not. Mm-hmm. White people. White people, bro. So, you know, it's important that we keep that in the back of our mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to educate ourselves racially, bro. You know, in my experience, I think we, you know, we've all experienced racism, but a lot of times it's more like racial ignorance than racism. You mm-hmm. know, a racist person does not like you, won't accept you, you're inferior because they don't like the color of your skin, right? Versus someone who is just uneducated mm-hmm. on our cultural differences, our ethnic different differences. Correct. You know, they're 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 an ally, but because they're racially, ethnically ignorant, some things that they say comes off as racist, and we don't understand them, they don't understand us. So it's a matter of effectively communicating, mm-hmm. having dialogue, and, and educating ourselves on each other, each other's cultures, mm-hmm. um, biases, um, getting rid of you know implicit bias, and, and, and things of that nature. You know, uh, But that takes time, that takes communication, that takes effort and willingness on all sides. To have those type of conversations—that's something we're not having now. But that's another story. Right. Um, but Kamala, like Barack Obama, I think she is just a, a beacon of, of hope, and, and she 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 inflates this upcoming generation of black women mm-hmm. with endless possibilities, mm-hmm. and um, you know she she just she just puts that hope. Back in hopelessness for a lot of people, you know, and I'm talking about black and white people. I mean, she's the first, you know, she's the first woman to be be put on that ticket too, so um, you know, it's just, it's clearly a new day in America. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, the fact that this old white man appointed her and has that faith and trust in her, Mm -hmm. um, I think it just says a lot about where we are really as a country, you know, there are a lot of, you know, racist, just despicable, hateful people in this world. A mm-hmm. lot of them are leading this country as we speak. There's a whole nother story. I'm not going to get into that, but um, yeah, we ain't going to do that. Yeah, do that. Um, but you know, you know, Biden, Harris,
0: 2020, let's get it. Rock the vote. <laughs> and there we let's go. Get it. Hey, Chris, I appreciate you for for speaking with me today. Um, I thank you for taking out the time. This is the Mission Statement Podcast. I'm your host, a Lou. Back with another one soon. All right, bro. All right, doggy.